You thought that you could have it all And life could be a ball But you fell and scabbed your knee Now you can be Hello, and welcome to episode one of the Recovering CEO podcast. Uh, My name is Derek. I'm the Recovering CEO, and welcome. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my origin story and how this came about. I do have 25 years sober from drugs and alcohol, over 25 years. So I've been sober since August 13th, 1996. And... I'm married. I have a family. Um, kids have grown. Uh, one in high school, one in college, and two dogs. And yeah, life, you know, as good as a sober person. I'll tell you a little bit about, um, you know, the reason I started this podcast, though, is I've been working in business for 25 years and really kind of felt unfulfilled um, working in the service industry, helping clients with marketing and advertising. And what I realized is that I'm happiest when I'm helping people in recovery, when I'm sharing at meetings, when I'm working in recovery. I also realized that in order to stay sober, I need to continue to um, really talk about sobriety and work on sobriety and why not make that my thing? So I created the Recovering CEO podcast because in order to be sober, I need to <laughs> spend my time in sobriety and working sobriety. Uh, sobriety is no joke. You know, as I'm sure some of you, whatever reason you're listening, you realize it. You know, sobriety is no joke. And even though I've been sober, sober from drugs and alcohol for over 25 years, I've struggled with uh, food addiction. I've struggled with sex addiction. I've struggled with um, fantasy football addiction. I spend money. I spend money to make myself feel feel better. I go to concerts. I go to events, sporting events, football games, uh, you name it. I am, um, I'm an addict and I'm addicted to everything. And I struggle with it. You know, I mean, I think that I've learned one of the secrets to life and success is moderation and being able to say no, that is not my strong suit. So throughout my entire recovery, I've kind of rotated through addictions, you know, uh, just kind of like spinning a wheel, you know, and really what, what do I want to do today to change the way I feel? You know, how can I run from the feelings? How can I avoid the work? You know, I really don't like doing work, right? Um, (laughs) You know, they say that someday we'll recover from alcohol, like we recover from a hot flame. I kind of recover, recoil from work like I would recoil from a hot flame. And that's not good. And that's actually what showed me that I'm not doing the right kind of work, you know, because if, if I don't love my work, then how am I going to do it? Right? And if I don't love my work, I'm going to run from it and try and self-medicate, you know? So I'm making a change, you know, at, at 49 years old, you know, 50 years old, making a change. And, um, 
You know, I think the goal today in recovery, and I'm hoping for you, is to be happy. The goal is to be able to get along in this world. This is a difficult world. It's not easy. It's not easy to get along. It's not easy to keep a job. It's not easy to have a happy marriage, to be a parent, or sometimes to be a a child, you know, a son or a daughter with parents. It's difficult. And um, I think everybody struggles, and I think it's important to acknowledge that. And, you know, work on it. Uh, And that's why I'm doing this. You know, I I encourage you to listen to the Recovering CEO podcast before, you know, if you're thinking about acting out, if you're thinking about doing something that's going to hurt you or you know is not in your best interest, listen to a podcast episode. You know, I'm going to keep these around 20, 30 minutes in length. Um, I believe they will be interesting. (laughs) Uh, This is the first one, so it's probably a little rough. You know, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and it's one of those things where you can never start. You know, I could never start because it always just seems overwhelming. But I found this Podbean podcast service, and I can record right on my phone, which is great. So I realized that at my first episode, it may not be the perfect scenario, but I'm going to get one up there. And my commitment is I want to do this every day, you know. And for me, it's every time I think about acting out, I want to record an episode. Why? Because, you know, why not? Why not share my experience? You know, I mean, the moment when an addict wants to act out is a moment we can all relate to, you know? So instead of acting out, you know, I'm going to try and do something productive, you know, instead of surfing the internet and seeing what I can find or, you know, looking over at the fridge and seeing what I can find or, you know, just, I'm going to, record a podcast. And uh, this will be an experiment. I don't know if it's going to work. You know, I'm also, I'm really thinking about uh, changing careers. Like I said, I've been in advertising and marketing for 25 years and I'm sick of it. You know, it's, it's, it's a pain in the ass to serve clients. And, uh, you know, there was a saying I heard once where it said, you know, if you, if you don't have success building your dream, don't worry, someone will always hire you to help build theirs. And that's kind of a true statement, but it's also kind of a tough statement, you know. So if I struggle building my dream, people are going to help me to build theirs. Yeah, that's nice to know. Um, But I'd rather build my dream. And I think my dream has evolved. You know, what is my dream? My dream is to help others. You know, they say in recovery, um, our purpose is to stay sober and to help others get sober. You know, and I'd also, honestly, I'd also like to help families. You know, I think there's a lot of families out there that may be dealing with a loved one who is struggling with drug addiction or alcoholism or possibly a spouse who is struggling with a husband or wife who is off in their own addiction, whether that's drug or alcohol addiction. Um, Maybe they've acted out, you know, sexually. Uh, Maybe they struggle with pornography. Maybe they've had an affair. You know, I think there's a lot of families like that that are struggling to stay together, struggling to understand addiction and how can they overcome it. And, you know, one of my jobs, one of my goals would be to help these families. Uh, In essence, first off would be to educate people before it happens so that they can avoid it. You know, because even though I was sober, like I said, I've been sober 25 years um, and AA is great. You know, AA is great. I've gone to AA for a long time but we never fully talked about some of these other addictions, you know, and 
So I want to be able to head that off and uh, help people to avoid the misery that comes when somebody does something stupid. You know, when somebody gets a drunk driving, when someone gets caught doing something that will destroy a family. And, uh, and I'd like to give you the tools to overcome that and the ability to avoid it. You know, nobody, nobody ever told me some of these things, you know, nobody ever told me, you know, um, you shouldn't text old girlfriends from college. You know, nobody ever said that, uh, you know, so I didn't think that was that bad. You know, I, you know, if I look at things on the internet that are inappropriate, um, and I think nobody knows about it, you know, nobody sees what I'm looking at on the internet. Nobody knows what I'm doing. Uh, that's not true though, you know, because when you're an addict, um, the disease comes out sideways, you know, and I've been in situations, you know, I used to think it was harmless to maybe look at, uh, pornography on the internet. And then I'd be in a presentation at a client's office and I'd project onto the big screen. And next thing you know, there's some window that was still open. Boom. You know, and it's showing nude pictures up on the screen during a meeting. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know how that happened. You know, so it's, that's not good. You know, that, that's no way to live. That's no way to, uh, you know, I can't feel good about myself. And, you know, one thing I learned recently, um, I was reading a book about abandonment, working on abandonment issues because I was adopted. And I feel like that was kind of a trauma that happened early in my life where I was given up for adoption. And also in Catholic adoptions, they put you in foster care for six months and then give you to your adopted family. And that's traumatic because taken away from my mother was my first trauma, then bonding with a foster family for six months and then being taken away from them and being raised by two wonderful parents. You know, I love my parents. They're amazing. They've given their life to me and I've, you know, try and show my love and appreciation to them. But it doesn't take away the fact that I have trauma inside me that has influenced and impacted my entire life, you know, so. Uh, but this book I was reading about abandonment, it says when you experience trauma at a young age like that, then you spend the rest of your life in pain management, which is a very, very interesting concept to me. So from a very young age, I was managing my pain. I was trying to manage my pain, you know, and from a young age, I would, you know, happily, uh, we used to go to Saunders, you know, Saunders uh, soda fountain, you know, and sit there and you get that hot fudge sundae and it's just so perfect and so wonderful, you know, or, or like the perfect um, ice cold Coca-Cola from McDonald's, you know, the ice cold sparkling perfect Coke with, with maybe a large French fries, you know, and just perfectly hot French fries perfect soda and just you get into this pattern, you know, chasing that feeling, man, that tasted good. You know, that made me feel good. And then it goes away, you know, and I chased it again and again, right. Which led to me being chubby as a kid, you know, I used to have to buy Husky, Husky jeans at Sears, you know, Husky, what the hell's Husky? What a terrible name. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that's what it did, you know, and, and that's, partially why our whole country is struggling with obesity because we're chasing a good feeling and uh, fast food and candy, sugar, you know, sugar creates similar uh, reaction in your brain to cocaine or heroin, very similar and similar to uh, sexual acting out. Those are all very similar as far as your brain path and your brain reaction, which means it gets you high as fuck. <laughs> 
So, you know, I was getting high off that from when I was little. Also, I, you know, remember um, getting high off of glimpses, you know, uh, you know, you think of pornography, but like glimpses, you know, like uh, going to a Catholic school, you know, the girl sitting behind me thinking about, is she wearing shirts underneath, you know, trying to look up her skirt, um, just glimpses, you know, things that stimulated me as a young kid, you know, seeing a, a woman's breast by accident, you know, seeing all these things, boom, I would get high. You know, and then when I was about 10 years old, saw my first, you know, porn magazine um, and off to the races, you know, like really chasing that, chasing that feeling. Um, you know, then I learned about masturbation and then that really took off, you know, and they say, oh, it's normal for young boys to masturbate. You know, sure. Yeah. Five times a day, you know, multiple times a day. I don't know. Is that normal? Maybe. But it also, I learned uh, started to cause problems, you know, like Billy Joel's song, you know, he sings about it. You know, he says, uh, you, you can't wait to go out on a date with a real person. So you just stay at home and masturbate, you know, you see, so you avoid the real world and the interaction of reacting with real people. You stay at home and masturbate because that's easy and it gets you high, but it's really unfulfilling and it just leads to this cycle. Um, and I used to tell people when I got sober from drugs and alcohol, I'd say, Hey, you know, my secret was I slept a lot. Right, because I wouldn't have to drink alcohol or do drugs when I was sleeping, and I masturbated a lot, and I ate a lot of ice cream, you know, and that kept me sober. Is that positive? Not necessarily, but it got me over the hump. You know, I also smoked a lot of cigarettes. Um, I was a mess trying to get sober from drugs and alcohol. It took me a year, you know, before I finally quit cigarettes and before I finally started to get my shit in order, but it was never quite in order because I would just change addictions. Um, once I started making more money, you know, then I started realizing, hey, I have money, I have free time, you know, my wife is working, I can do what I want. You know, I started spending my money on things that I shouldn't be, you know, going to, uh, sneaking off to a strip club or, you know, realizing, oh, I can go get a massage and you know, what's gonna happen to that massage? I don't know, you know, so inappropriate behaviors and I started using my money for that thinking I was getting away with it. And, um, but I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, and all roads lead to Rome. All roads will lead back to relapse. So if I'm not acting in a way that is in alignment with, you know, what's the right thing to do some, you know, in meetings, they say God's will. If I'm not acting in alignment with God's will, and I can usually feel it right in my gut, then there's a good chance <laughs> I'm going to be miserable and I'm going to relapse and I'm going to go back to my old, you know, drug of choice. You always go back to your drug of choice. What, what was my drug of choice? Probably marijuana. Um, I liked alcohol, but I didn't like, it made me sick. You know, I threw up and I would get headaches, but I never had feelings like that from marijuana. So I'd probably go back to marijuana, especially these days with a dispensary on every corner here. You know, there's marijuana everywhere and it's legal and you can get it and it's cheap. And that's amazing because that was one of the hardest things back when, you know, 25, 26 years ago when I was still smoking marijuana, was buying it, you know, it was illegal. You had to run from the police. You had to sneak around. You had to hide it. These days, you can pretty much smoke in the open. And honestly, that's triggered me. You know, it's another reason why I'm doing this podcast because marijuana was my number one love of my life. And I was a huge advocate of it. I think it makes me feel great. I think it, everything. 
and you know, I even tell my my kids, you know, I said the problem wasn't that marijuana was so bad. The problem was it was so freaking good that it was all I wanted to do all the time. I just wanted to do smoke pot all the time. And that's no way to live. You know, that's no way to live. I couldn't live like that because I couldn't, I couldn't have relationships with people. You know, I would lose friends. I was certainly, you know, no woman wanted to marry me or be with me because I was kind of a mess. Um, I couldn't get good grades in school. You know, I struggled through college, took me six years to graduate college. I couldn't hold down a job. You know, I would just work to get a paycheck. Um, I couldn't really do much of anything. So, you know, they say in sobriety, um, eventually you have to stop. And eventually I had to stop. And I did stop. You know, drugs and alcohol made me crazy. Drugs and alcohol got me in trouble, landed in a mental hospital. Just, I was a mess. And I was able to get sober. I was able to graduate college, you know, and I was able to get on a path. But then there's more waiting for me. You know, there was more pitfalls and obstacles. And, um, you know, and the recovering CEO, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke, you know, because I'm also CEO of a business. You know, I started my own company, which I've done for a long time, and I'm CEO of that company. Um, I feel like I'm not the best CEO because, honestly, I've struggled with addiction. You know, like I said, food, gambling, um, sex, spending, all through my life. And that has kept me from being a really good business owner. Um, so I'm recovering from being a businessman. You know, and I'm hoping that this podcast will be an intersection and really helpful for people in business. You know, I think people in business, they don't talk about uh, sex addiction. They talk a little bit about drug and alcohol addiction. They don't talk about a lot of the other things that people do to medicate, to self-medicate, and to make themselves feel better. So um, we're going to talk about that here. And I hope you like it. I hope you will get something from this, you know, um, uh, I think you will, you know, I think you will. And, and my thought is just like when I think about acting out, I'm going to record an episode. When you think about acting out, I want you to listen to that episode. Okay. That's going to be kind of our exchange. When I'm thinking about acting out, I'm going to record an episode and talk about it. And when you think about acting out, you listen. And I think together we can stay sober. We can stay sober. This is a, it's a we program, you know, we, um, my disease, my addiction, my alcoholism always tried to separate me from everybody. Uh, the goal of the disease is to isolate me so that I'm all alone. So that my family gets mad at me, so that my wife gets mad at me. My kids are mad at me. Um, I cut myself off from everyone. That's what the addict once that's what the addiction wants because then once it has me alone then it will kill me you know i will do drugs till i die i will act in a way that will get me shot murdered i'll become so depressed i commit suicide i mean whatever this disease is trying to kill me and anyone who is struggling with any type of addiction who is listening right now this disease is trying to kill you so if you've survived this long, congrats, um, congratulations. And then if you want to advance your life, if you want some help overcoming your addictions, if you want a friend in sobriety, uh, the recovering CEO podcast may be for you <sighs> because I'm going to be able to tackle lots of addictions, talk about lots of addictions. 
you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to be overly religious. You know, I was raised Catholic, but I am not very religious. I don't really believe in the Catholic stuff at all. You know, um, I do believe in God in my understanding. You know, I do have a higher power in my life and that's that, you know. Um, but you know what? When I align my will with God's will, that means doing what feels good and what feels right and using my abilities and my skills and doing what really is intended for my life. You know, I know what that is and I can feel it and I know I'm right. You know, and that's, that's me getting into recovery. That's me doing a podcast. That's me going back and getting my MSW, changing my life and changing my life from trying to make people money in advertising and marketing to trying to get people sober and help families stay together and help people overcome addiction. And that is a noble cause that I can get behind. And um, I thank you for listening to The Recovering CEO, episode one. You thought that you could have it all And life could be a ball But you fell and scabbed your knees